Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Creatures of the night, and welcome back to the It Records podcast. I am your host, Matt Johnson. Glad to be here. I hope you are as well. Tuning in for another episode of Halloween Horror. That's right, the Halloween Horror is our annual recommendation show that we do as we are recommending movies in the month of October. As we get closer to Halloween, as we're in October, you might be more receptive to watching different scary movies. But It's also a daily podcast where I'm giving you a daily episode, a daily recommendation every day for a movie to watch. These are new recommendations. I've never recommended them before on the show. We've never done a full-length episode, so they're brand new. Also this year, we're doing a, a theme where each suggestion is a different year in horror history. We started in 1989, October 1st. October 2nd was 88. October 3rd was 87, so we're moving backwards. And we're going to go all the way to Halloween, where we'll end in 1959. So if you've been listening, I've been saying 1960 on these first couple episodes, and I apologize for that. My math was off. Looking at my sheet, 1959 is Halloween. So I apologize for my earlier episodes where I mentioned 1960. You will get a movie from 1960, but the final one you'll get is 1959. So we're actually going to move through uh, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and you'll get a little taste of what might have been happening in the 50s. But really, that's far off. I mean, we're right here in the middle of the month. We have so many more movies to suggest, so much more time before we're actually there on Halloween. So with it being October 16th, we are now in 1974. Yesterday, we were 75 where we gave you Jaws. And what we're going to do today is 1974's American comedy horror film directed by Mel Brooks, co-written by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. You guessed it, Young Frankenstein. That's right. This is another comedy horror one. I've done several of those throughout this year uh, as we move to the 80s and the 70s, some sort of variation of slapstick horror. But this one's one of my all-time favorites. I love Young Frankenstein. I can't believe I've never recommended it prior. I know we haven't done it yet. 
So I'm super excited to do this in 1974. If you're unaware of Mel Brooks at all, I'd recommend checking out some of his movies. He's done some classic comedy films from uh, Spaceballs, you'll know, Blazing Saddles, The Producers, which is there was a remake and it's on Broadway and, and, and many more that Mel Brooks has had his hands on over the years. And Gene Wilder was a mainstay in a lot of those. And it was Gene Wilder who came to Mel Brooks with this idea to do a parody of the Frankenstein movies. So this film, uh, as a general synopsis, it follows an American grandson of the infamous scientist Victor Frankenstein, or how Gene Wilder would say it's Frankenstein in this movie. And he's struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people might have believed. He's invited to Transylvania, and that's where he discovers a process that can reanimate a dead body. So it follows a lot of the tropes of other Frankenstein movies. It's filmed in black and white, so it really looks like it could have fallen right into a universal picture back in the day. And, you know, from I know that some of the sets were used from the actual movies, but even some of the scenes that they use are from The Son of Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein itself. So there's different scenes where they're pulling from all these different movies and it almost could have fallen into that series in and of itself where in the son of Frankenstein, there is a grandson that could have been Gene Wilder's character. Who knows? But nonetheless, it really stays faithful to some of those, those uh, storylines and tropes of your classic Frankenstein movies. I think what really sells this is I think Brooks and Wilder wrote a great script, but Wilder's acting. I'm a huge Gene Wilder fan. I think almost he's incredibly comedic throughout this movie, uh, e- even when he's trying to give those deadpan uh, expressions or he gives those very matter-of-fact responses uh, to some of the – to Igor, played by Marty Feldman. And that's another thing. It's not just Gene Wilder who plays you know the main Victor Frankenstein uh, in this film. But you have Cloris Leachman. Who's in this movie? Mar- Marty Feldman, Madeline Kahn. I mean, Marty Feldman and Madeline Kahn are in a lot of Will Brooks movies. Uh, Kenneth Mars and even Gene Hackman uh, makes an appearance in this movie. Um, so you have a lot of people. Uh, and I'm sorry, Peter Boyle. I can't. How could I almost forgot Peter Boyle, who plays uh, the Frankenstein, who plays the the character, the Frankenstein monster, Peter Boyle, uh, the late Peter Boyle. So it's got a lot of comedic giants in this movie, and I think it not only pays homage to those classic Frankenstein movies of the 30s, those universal monsters, to their storylines, but to the the film style, and then creates something of its own that almost could have fallen right into the same universe. Uh, it's fantastic. It's criti- It's a critical success and a commercial success. It's still 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% from the audience. It's number 28 on Total Film Magazine Reader's list of the 50 greatest comedy films of all time. Uh, Bravo's list of the 100 funniest movies. And number 13 on American Film Institute's list of the 100 funniest American movies ever. It's been deemed uh, in 2013 culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the United States National Film Preservation Board and selected to uh, for preservation Sorry, in the Library of Congress National Film Registry. It was later adapted into a stage musical, and the film received nominations for the Academy Awards for Best Sound and Best Adapted Screenplay, the latter of which was nominations shared by Wilder and Brooks. So it had critical success, another Academy Award nomination. I know we've done three movies in a row from the horror genre that have been nominated in some respect at the Academy Awards. This is a 20th Century Fox uh, film. came out in December of 74, right before Christmas. 
budget of 2.7 million and had a box office of 86.2. So it crushed. It's still uh, critically successful as well. But there's other horror movies that came out in 74 that weren't just Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein, whichever you believe to be the true. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Couldn't recommend that one because we have done a full-length episode on it, but that is also one of my favorite all-time horror movies. Definitely one of my favorite, if not my favorite slasher, is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But another one of my top favorite slashers is Stranger in the House, otherwise known as Black Christmas, also came out in 1974. Those two, I think, really in American cinema kind of started the slasher trend that we know. 78, you'll get Halloween. That really created that trend that with uh, then Friday the 13th in 1980 and you get Freddy in the eighties and they pumped out all those slashers and splatters. But I think for American audiences, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas kind of started the slasher trend. I just said America, I'll you know change it to North America because Black Christmas is Canadian. I, I guess I just meant North America in general. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is Toby Hooper in Texas. Of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nonetheless, some other ones that came out, Sugar Hill, uh, Horror High, It's Alive. Oh, and then uh, Phantom of the Paradise, which is Brian De Palma. And Brian De Palma, we just mentioned, was the director of Carrie in 1976. We did another horror movie called Phantom of the Paradise in 1974. In worldly news, you get some other things going on. One. Richard Nixon becomes the first U.S. president forced to resign. That's right, because of the Watergate scandal. Following impeachment hearings started on May 9th, Richard Nixon became the first U.S. president to resign because of the Watergate scandal on October, sorry, because of the Watergate scandal on August 9th, not October 9th. The United States president resigns from office on August 9th. He previously announced his intention to resign the previous day during a televised address that the nation Nixon had been facing near certain impeachment and conviction by the U.S. Congress after his involvement in the Watergate scandal in the 72 election, which is against George McGovern. Also, the rumble in the jungle on October 30th, right before Halloween in 1974, the much-hyped boxing match between George Foreman and Muhammad Ali for Ali to regain his heavyweight title takes place in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Muhammad Ali, legendary boxer, considered to be the greatest of all time by many, was stripped of his heavyweight title for refusing the Vietnam War draft in 1967. He was also banned from boxing for several years. Ali then went on to defeat Foreman by knockout in the eighth round of the boxing match, becoming only the second former heavyweight champion to regain his title. So that was two things that are happening outside in outside the you know the entertainment industry in in 1974. If you're looking to watch Young Frankenstein, I'm kind of surprised. I'm looking at it now. I can only really see it on Amazon Prime. Hopefully, that'll change uh, in the future. Here, you can rent it, rent it there. Uh, you can try Google Play and iTunes. I, I would imagine it's there, but right now, I'm only seeing Amazon Prime for for rent. It, I okay. I'll say it again. This is what I would own. I, I I own this one. I think it's one of not only it's a good horror comedy, one of like the peak horror comedies. I think, but uh, it's one of Mel Brooks' better ones. I think maybe it might be my favorite. I know he's done quite a bit, but I think this might be my favorite Mel Brooks film. So if you haven't seen Mel Brooks, don't know of his comedy, I would check out Young Frankenstein, start from there, and you can kind of uh, branch out from there. You can maybe go to the other Gene Wilder ones, like Blazing Saddles and The Producers, for sure. But with that, I will I will leave it there for 
October 16th. I'll be back tomorrow on October 17th, where we will be now in 1973, right? In 1973, we're, we're getting closer to the end of the decade, or at least the, the 1970s. But I will leave it there. I hope to hear from you tomorrow as you listen to me. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson, and I remain in the shadows. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday.